Hey, it looks like those rock climbers know where they're going. If you've got uh, uh, school-age students, kindergarten through sixth grade, we've got Children's Church upstairs. Um, so welcome. Good morning. My name's Will, and uh, I'm the pastor here, so I think I don't want you to get tired of just hearing my voice. So thank you, Josh, for, for sharing that. And hey, if you're new, we didn't get a chance to meet Here's what we found, right? We've been through this. You're tired of hearing about COVID and all that stuff. Well, anyway, it's been crazy, but with that, we've got um, a lot of new people have come in to the church. You know, lots of jockeying around, people in and out, some people online still. And so instead of trying to meet up with every new person who's coming to the church, we thought, let's bring pizza in. And so please, even if you just showed up today, you had no idea about it, Stay if you're new, if you want a, a chance to kind of meet the pastor and elders of the church. That's kind of what this is for. Um, we'll get name tags. You can get to know one another. And hopefully, hopefully that kind of the beginning to form some relationships. So please stay for that. So I'm going to get started. We're going through a study through the book of 1 John. However, I'm trying to be more led by the Spirit, is the saying, right? Like, quote, unquote. And so we often take uh, field trips off of, away from our little designated program of study here. And last week, really grateful Brett Irwin came and shared, and the Lord just stopped me, like, in my tracks and said, Will, next week, we're not going back to 1 John. We've got something else that I want you to talk about. So, so today... Uh, we're going we're gonna to be talking about being unique but united. And, and John 17 will be some of the focal scripture there. But let me just start with a prayer and we'll dive right in. Uh, Father, we're here simply to worship you. So everything that that means, that means you are God and we are not. Uh, Lord, we've got, we get out of line and so we just correct that right now. We, we take our appropriate position, humble before you, God. So everything that we do... Uh, talking with people while we're getting coffee, um, singing praises through songs, uh, smiling at the little kids as they're running through the church, just loving the person sitting next to us, opening our Bibles and studying your word. Everything that we're doing is worship, is you are God, we are not, and we want to obey you, listen to you, and walk in your ways. So Lord, help us uh, with your power, with your strength. Spirit, lead us. Correct us, encourage us, teach us in all things that we can become more like the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray this in his name. Amen. Here was the question. If you were here last week, um, then you kind of a little bit of review on this question. So Brett asked this question. How can, a heavenly, how can heavenly citizens be unique but allow God to move in and through them for a common cause. So he was sharing with us overall about what he learned during the pandemic and started with the way that he's pouting about things and then he notices other people pout and he was comfortable with his pouting and not theirs. But in the end, it came back to this opportunity to be united as Christians and how to live with one another. Nature. Um, so so leading with that question, guys, that stopped me in my tracks because we've been part of a lot of conversations about this idea of unity and fellowship. I mean, if you, if you and I have been involved in a conversation about unity or fellowship, would you raise your hand? 
at some point in time the last like six months. Yeah, probably more than half of the people here. And so it's like, okay, Lord, I get it. Stop, Will. Let's talk a little bit about this. First of all, let me throw out this word, word unity. I'm seeing it everywhere. It is so important, right? So important. Um, well, I, you know, I looked up, I looked up on uh, some of the original language, and there was no mystery revealed in that. It, it, the word itself really has to do with the idea of unity. And when I'm talking about unity, what I'm meaning is, is not being multiple. Oneness. So here's the problem. In our world, guys, here's the problem. We, are, we become multiple. We become divided. We become one foot in this camp and one foot in that camp. Fair enough? And we've been invited into these environments where we want to be followers of Christ, and yet we don't feel permitted to struggle or fail. So we, we pretend or we run. So in the pretending, we've got tons of people with double lives. The Christian persona that we put forward, and then the reality of the condition of our heart at the time. Does that make sense? So this idea of being united, it can be in you, it can be amongst a different group of people. Instead of being multiple, instead of being divided, instead of being go opposing one another, going the other way, it's this idea of coming together in oneness. Don't you like the sound of that, Jim? Leah, it sounds great, right? How do you do that? I'm curious, what, what are your ideas? How do, we, how do we get united? What's that? Communicate. Communicate, okay. A yeah, a phone call, yeah. What's that? Agreement. Agree on the main things. Yeah. Love. Love. Trust. Trust. These are all very good answers, very good answers. What's that? Serve each other. Listen, I wasn't listening, sorry. <laughs> These are all really good, but when, when you give a person this like challenge to be united, our automatic reaction is, how can I make us united, right? That's, that is our reaction. We try to find commonality. Well, let's see what Jesus said about this. I mean, it's not, sometimes, you guys, are you guys aware that a lot of the things that we do in a faith community come from a person? Okay, let, let's put ourselves in the right position. A lot of what we do, it started with a person's idea. And we've tried to dress it up. We've taken that pig. We've put lipstick and eyeshadow on it. But it's still a pig, right? It's still people's ideas. It's our best attempt, right, to try to bridge that gap between us and God. So I, for one, um, understand there's a place for that, but I, I'm asking the Lord to try to keep my eyes and my mind and my heart open to the fact that, okay, let's revisit some of these things that people have told me to make sure this is what you're saying, God. Does that make sense? And I think that's the quest of our life. We're going to get information from people. We're going to get ideas. We're going to have experiences. And how do, how do those relate to the truth of God? So I want to take you back to something Jesus said here. It's, it's been called the high priestly prayer, if I could speak correctly. It's basically one of the last things in the book of John that we have recorded before they arrest Jesus and the trial and the crucifixion and the resurrection and all that. So in John 17, I'm going to pick it up 
mid verse 11. God's, Jesus is praying to the Father. He says, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. You see that, that one theme is popping out, right? Okay. So let's pay attention. Verse 12, while I was with them, who's I? Yeah, and who's them? The disciples, right? While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. So there's this dynamic. The cool and interesting thing about it, when you really read through this again, right? Go back to the original source, not just what someone said. Jesus is telling the Father, listen, I'm here. I'm here, Father. I've done everything you've asked me to do. And I'm pleading to you for the people you gave me. Not everybody, the people you gave me. Because the way this thing works is, even for Jesus, God in human form, okay? And if it works this way for him, don't ever think that you're better than him and it's going to work differently for you. But he says, I'm not out there chasing people down. The people you brought to me, Father, I've been faithful to keep them in your name. I have spoke truth to them. And as a matter of fact, I've spoken so much truth to them, they don't fit in in this world anymore. In the world around them, because they started sharing the truth, I, they're hating them because they're so full of truth, the world around them is hating them. They don't know what to do. So he's like, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you've given me. And then we'll skip forward to verse 20. He says, I do not ask for these only. Who are these only? The disciples. Awesome, okay. Here's the hint. This is where you come in and me. You ready for this? But also for those who will believe in me through their word. Right? This is the written form of their testimony because John's long been dead and he could never teach me Sunday school. Right? That's, that's in essence, take all the religious garbage out of it. You got to read this because this is the way in which we get in God's name. By the word of the people he walked with. The best pastor you had didn't share their experiences. He shared Holy Spirit-given experiences with God, driven in major part by the testimony of the believers that came before him. Does that make sense? Okay. I do not ask for these only but also for those, Casey, Will, right? Gary, Brandy, Orion, right? I ask for them who will believe in me through their word. Verse 21, that they may all be one. Oh, wait a second. So not only are the disciples supposed to be one, right? But we're supposed to be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. Well, that's just, this is getting weird. I don't even know the way that this works. Okay, so Jesus is in the Father, the Father is in him, and then he wants all of us to be in them. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So wait a second, Lord. How, do, how in the world does the world know that you stand for something any different than them? How in the world do they know that you're a Christian? I mean, what, Connor, it's not a bumper sticker? Or maybe like a T-shirt you wear? It's not even church attendance. 
One of the reasons the world's going to know you belong to Jesus is because you have this unity with him. Because you recognize his authority? Yeah. See, now you're getting ahead, man. Good job. Where's the Bible sticker for you? That's good. Good stuff, brother, Chris. Um, I'm seizing with you. But yeah, so this is important. Our oneness is one of the ways in which the world will know that we belong to him. That they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Verse 22, the glory that you've given me, I have given them. That they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you've loved me. Guys, this oneness is huge. And it's the thing we don't have. It's the thing we don't have. So let me hit a couple of these points here, just to stop from that. So this oneness, this unity. Uh, oneness with God comes from us being kept in God's name. What in God's name is in God's name? What's that mean? Oh, sorry, I'm in the way of the picture. So here's how I hope I can understand it more so. And, and you can read other people's, other people's um explanations. But I think about it like this. One of the benefits in this life that God's given me is I come from a big family. And a big family that's lived in one area for an awful long time. Okay? So I carry a certain name that other people will know. And our name tends to stand for certain things, right? There was things in my family that we were about and things we weren't about. And so even as a young boy, I began to realize like, you have a choice to who you're going to be and how you're going to act. You, you really do at some level. And if you, if you are in someone's name, then you are about what they're about. You do what they do. Does that make sense? When I worked at the bank, right, I worked under a mentor who was a senior level manager, right? And what happened is I became, I, I got indoctrinated, if you will, into the, the corporate culture that it was, and you began to use even language that modeled the group you were being part of. I, I came in the bank's name, so I started using words like presumptuous or like words I wouldn't normally use, but it became a different way of being. I came in the name of the bank. I came in the name of the Valley family, right? Like I was about what they were about. I was not about what they weren't about. Does that make sense? So if I come in God's name, then I'm about what God's about. I'm, I'm representing him. I'm going where he's going, doing what he's doing, caring what he cares about, coming to agreement with him. So Jesus is like, listen, I kept these dudes and all the girls like doing the things that you'd want them to do. I kept them out of the world. As a matter of fact, the one thing he really asks in John 17 is like, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, God, but keep them from the evil one right? Keep them from the evil one. Keep them in your name instead of in his. Keep them about what you're about and not what he's about. So oneness of God comes from us doing what God is doing, caring what God cares about, standing up for what God stands up for, right? All these things. And then get this. If, if we are in oneness or agreement with God, we're focused on him and his ways. 
Okay, try, try to follow me because this is a lot of words. So if I'm, I'm in him, I'm focused on what he's focused on. Does that make sense? I'm like, okay, this is good. This is bad. I like this. I don't like this. I do this. I don't do this. I'm focused on him. Okay. And then we want to be where he's at. So how much does God change? Not at all. You know where he's going to be, right? And first John keeps telling us, you guys are going in the darkness saying, God, where are you? God's never been in the darkness. He's simply waiting in the light like, okay, well, you can go play in the cave if you want. I'll be here. I'm here. If we come into the light where he's in the light, first John said that we'll have fellowship with others. So get that. If we're where he's at, we can have this fellowship and unity with him. And then it gets even better. We're doing what he's doing, right? We're caring what he cares about. That's why we have this building and we get together on Sunday. Because to praise God is what we should be doing and to be worshiping God. So all of us are like, why don't we praise God together on Sunday? And drink some coffee while we're at it, right? So that's what we're doing. But what is interesting that happens is the fellowship, the unity happens because we all are where God is at. It's about him. It starts with him, right, Connor? So we were talking about, with the, with the posse this week, we were talking about that too, like, who is the focus? Is it God or is it me? So if we do what he's doing, and then while we're with him, we're surrounded by other people doing the same thing, and it just works out. It's kind of like cubicle life. You ever worked in cubicles? Pretty soon, you just get tired of your computer. you got to talk to the dude or do that next to you, right? Like, pretty soon... You become fast friends because I'm already here, you're already here. We may have nothing else in common other than our shared mission. It's like Jacob shared from his time in basic training, man. A guy, guys joining the army from different walks, different places, different cares, different backgrounds, who would never get together in real life when they were called to the same purpose, don't die and quit. During basic training, they, they created a unity in them because while we're here, we might as well do that. See, this is fellowship. Where we find fellowship is where God is. He could be. So you, you think about that for a second. Well, why, why is that important, Will? Um, We often get it backwards. You ever read in the scripture, it talks about the foundation, right? You hear about that. You'll hear about the foundation. And the reason why that's important is there's a particular order to things. Even this, even coming together on a Sunday morning to worship God, if, if we're not doing it for God, then we're wasting our energy and time. Even though it appears to be a holy and right thing. I mean, dang, there's a cross on the building. Well, isn't this a good and holy thing? Depends. Why are you here? What made you get up this morning and come? That's an answer. 1 Corinthians 1.10. Let me throw a couple more scriptures your way. I appeal to you, right? This is Paul writing. Brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no division among you, but that you be united in the same mind, in the same judgment. He's, he's challenging them. 
you're going to get divided because you're unique, but the challenge is to come to that same mind, that same agreement, that same judgment, which, which could be called by the scripture the mind of Christ, right? Philippians 2, verses 2 through 7. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition. Right? I remember you saying that back there, Josh. Do nothing by selfish ambition. That will divide, right? Do nothing by selfish ambition or, or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. This is why we love others, right? Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind, wait, have this mind, yeah, you got to choose what you're going to think and believe. Have this mind, think this way among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. I mean, Jesus himself, God who came down, wasn't too good to take care of other people before himself. And that's the mind a Christian must put on. Okay. Uniqueness. Oneness. Um, illustrations are fun. You know, it's summer. You'd rather be outside, keep you awake here, but hopefully this will help. Coming off camera here. Maybe. Okay. I need a few people here who aren't afraid to stand up in front of people and also like a balloon. Yeah, come on up. Do you want one? Want a yellow one to match your shirt there? Okay. Here, let's give you one. Okay, I need some more people here. Connie, you want one? There you go. We got some more. Here you go. One. There we go. If you go to all stand up here to make this thing work, that would be great. Okay. Here, let's move away from fans. These, these strings are long enough that, that it will actually reach the ceiling and you won't lose even if you drop it. Okay. So what I have here is if it looks... In reality, it's a balloon, right? Okay, but here's what happens. So what Jesus is saying is like, God, as I walk through this life, you brought people along my path, right? And you see that through the Gospels. These guys are fishing. He's probably met them before. Some of them were disciples of, of John the baptizer, right? And it's like, hey, you, you want to come follow me now that we've come, come to pass. So God's brought people to them. So what happens is in 2021, there's lots of different ways. You guys each have stories about how you learned about Jesus and how you got to that point where you said, I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Also, you might be in that process right now. Maybe today's part of your story. But what, what's going on is this. You're grasping onto something that's higher 
better, greater, superior to yourself. So that's why here's now I'm pick on you a little bit. So that's why what happens is there's something from above, right? And once you become aware of that, you grab on. So go ahead and grab on. And, and the Christian walk is this. There's these phrases you see in the Bible where it says, like, abide in me, right? Keep me in your name. What it, what it really is, it's almost like this. It's almost like, okay, so you've got this. God, he's, he's unmoving, he's unchanging, unlike that balloon. And, and once you become aware of who he is, every one of us who comes to belief grabs on. And then our Christian walk, our sanctification, if you will, is learning in spite of all the things that we have going on. Because what Jesus said is, as soon as you grab on, I don't float you up. I don't beam you up, Scotty, to heaven. You still live in this world. But as you navigate this world, his prayer for you and I His prayer for Sam is that she would be kept from the evil one and she would constantly be seeing God and trying to abide and trying to hold on and trying to draw near and all these descriptive terms. You've heard these, right? So that's kind of what we have here. Now, now that's great, okay? Each one of these, ladies and gentlemen, bring a uniqueness. They bring a uniqueness. And okay, we're going to get a little uncomfortable here. Why don't you step up? Why don't everyone scoot together? And let your balloons sort of hold on to them, but let them come into a similar spot, okay? But get close here. We're going to get a little... We'll have to hand sanitize all you guys afterwards or something. Make you drink it. You'll feel better. Okay, what we have here is you have um, all these people coming to a common cause, right? They're coming to a common cause, but look at, just look at their different. Their ages are different, Right? Um, some people have naturally gray hair. Some dye some gray in their hair. We've got women, men, right? Right? So we've got, like, if you look around in the church, even if I don't have here, some people have tattoos. Other people don't. Uh, some people are bald. Others haven't realized how awesome it is to be bald yet. And you've got glasses. Some of the people and the, and the family of God come in, and they're like, I don't ever touch a drink of alcohol because it's, like, toxic for my family. Others don't feel that way. Some people are, like, exercise. Some people are, like, uh, recliners better than exercise, right? All these different opinions, some come from different heritages where it's, like, we do communion every week, and it's, like, the holy grail to die on. Other people don't care, right? Other people are like, how come we don't have banners that say all these things like the church I'm used to? We all come in with different things, different opinions, uniqueness. But yet we're called. And what unites us is the Father. And it gets better than that. You see, what you don't see is our connection to God is not a string. It's the Holy Spirit. Which Jesus, when he walked with them, and he was like, not to put myself in Jesus, but he was like, okay, we're all going to go two steps this way. So let's go two steps this way. And this is how he operated, right? He was there as an intercessor for these people. He was there as a director for these people. But Jesus came up and said, guys, here's a better plan. I'm going to like raise from the dead and go to heaven. What? How are we going to know where to go? He's like, just wait. You're each going to get your own connection. 100% God with you, to lead you, to teach you, to counsel you, to comfort you, 
to convict you, which you don't like that. That's the bad word part of it. But I'm not going to take you out of this world. You're going to bring your uniqueness. And as a matter of fact, when you get together, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get weird. Well, so here's what happens. Here's what we've done in our culture, specialization. You know this? Like, um, you don't just get a rock and knock your own tooth out now. There's a professional that does that, right? You don't even organize your closets anymore. You hire someone to do that, right? Like, I mean, you don't cut your own hair. Someone does that. Specialization. So we did that with God. There's God specialists, right? Like, you couldn't just sing in your car. We got to have pretty voice and musicians up here to sing to help you sing pretty in your car, right? You can't just read the Bible yourself. You've got a professional guy that you pay to read the Bible to you. It is so specialized, Right? so specialized, and what ends up happening is you all come to faith because of your connection with God, but then you come into a church, and then everyone sits here and says, okay, Pastor Will, we need fellowship. And you know what fellowship is? Fellowship is this. Fellowship is like, okay, when, when, we're, toge- when we're together, we're all looking towards God. Hey, while we're here, let's find commonalities. Hey, hey. I like bowling. You like bowling. I like puzzles. Oh, there you go. She likes puzzles. I like puzzles. So we do a puzzle club. You get this? I'm unique. Right? You're like, I like coffee. You like coffee. So we have a coffee club. And you two love quilting. So you do quilting. And you two love to talk about the end of the world. So we just talk about eschatology all the time. And you guys want to study the prophets. And so we do all these things. And understand, none of those things I said were bad words or bad things to do. But then we're always like, Pastor Will, we need more fellowship. We need more. No, you need more unity. Check yourself. Here's what happens with fellowship. It's like if you're a parent and you go on a long trip with two kids in the car. Their commonality, they're from the same family. You're all going to Disneyland together. But about two hours into the 12 and a half hour trip because all the bathroom breaks and so-and-so pooped their pants, <laughs> pretty soon it's like, Billy poked me. And they start bickering with each other. And this is what happens in... Christian circles. Pastor Will, I, and so what happens is we build really big churches, right? And nothing against them because they got lots of money and they can create lots of fellowships. Right? We want fellowships, but then we go into those fellowships. How does that go? You know how I know? Because you're here where we got like no money. It didn't go well, Josh. You started fighting, you bickered. Guess what? They're not the problem you are. They're not the problem I am. We're wrong. We're wrong in the way that we look at it. We got it out of order. We started with the peanut butter and the jelly before we put the bread out there and we made a mess. Would you guys all sit down for a minute? You're not done yet. You're not, thank you. Give them, give them half a hand right now. There we go. Okay. Now, so I I was kind of, I'm sorry. What kills oneness? What kills unity? Well, the seed of it is our differences, is our uniqueness, which God wanted anyway, right? But, But really what it is, according to what Jesus said in John 17, you get this, right? John 17, verses 14 through 17, if you want to look back at this. I have given them your word, so I've spoke truth to them, and they've all... Grabbed on, right? This is what unites them. They've grabbed on to the truth. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them. So that starts. 
The world's hated them because they're not of this world, just as I'm not of this world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. The oneness killer is the evil one. The oneness killer is the evil one. They are not of this world, just as I'm not of this world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So really what's happening is once you grab on, this is the system. Here's what you've been invited into, and people need to tell you this. When you say yes, then prepare for the roller coaster ride to change. Not, you, don't, you don't have to do it. You don't be divided. And this is what we do. You have to do it. This is what I've done. You have to do it. When you grab on, expect, expect a change. Expect a change. But the world will hate you because the world is following the poise of the evil one. So what kind of things does the evil one do that's going to break up unity? Selfishness is huge, right? The infighting, right? What else? You could just go down Galatians 5, right? There's this envy. Jealousy. What's that? Vanity, right? Pride, fear. You know, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, power, greed, like, you name it. When you get together in the name of God, you start poking each other a little bit. And your difference is, I don't understand how you can do that. I don't understand how you can do that. So you can see what kills that. So once again, I think, guys, my, what I really want to bring this to you is this idea, because what we talk a lot about is fellowship, and that's this. Can't we just do all this horizontal stuff, right? Let's do more of this, like getting together. Inevitably, what's going to happen when you do this without doing this? Right? Okay. Is it wrong to go bowling? Is it wrong to have pizza today after church? No, but we do it because we're all united because we love God and we want to worship Him. We all love God. We want to worship Him. So how do we get, how do we get fellowship? We've got to start with unity of the Spirit. But you can't see the Spirit, Randy. I mean, really, honestly, you just you can't. So you think in tangible terms. I want the tangible things that I can control and understand. And it doesn't hold up. Here's why. Jesus told this, told this to the people who were following him. It's recorded in Matthew 7. And uh, it's verses 1 through 5 on this slide. I'm going to read this to you. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, will be measured to you. Why, why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Or how could you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly enough to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Don't you love that? So I got this to illustrate. So here's what happens. When you get together like these, these ladies and gentlemen have, and you come in the name of God, 
What ends up happening while you're there, okay, let me backtrack. Can we be like the Acts church? Well, okay, the Acts church, they thought Jesus was coming back tomorrow. And I'm not saying that that's a wrong thing to do, but right now in the culture, that's not what we do. We pretty much just plan on, you know, getting 80, give or take years. And so we worry about junk like retirement and mortgages and will your kids grow up okay and the government. Like, we're worried about stuff. They didn't care if they changed their underwear, okay, because Jesus was about to come right back, okay? Like, they didn't care if they skipped the meal. Who cares because they're going to be feasting with Jesus. And I think some of them weren't sure what that looked like, but they knew it was going to be awesome. So we could try that. I don't know. But... But let's talk about what is. Right now, what it is, is we're sitting here spending a lot of life hours together, trying to hold on to God, getting distracted, and then this ends up happening. Then it's like, well, geez, Orion. You know, I'm going to pick on you because you're my, you're my brother. Yeah, Dixon. That's a Dixon shirt. I mean, come on, Dixon. I've seen their website. What kind of Christian could go? Right, this is what happens. And what happens is you couldn't see it, but I'm like, I got this log I'm wearing a Dixon shirt. That's why it was funny. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm walking around like this with this huge log. It's ugly. It's splintery. And I'm like, but Connor, look at this little splinter in his eyes. Did you hear what he said? Or he did? Or, oh, man, like, oh, geez, JT, you got long hair. I mean, is that allowed, right? Like, oh, geez, a tattoo. Can you do that? Like, Jesus, you're wearing shorts to church, Will. I mean, come on. like, uh, Right? So you just start doing this. Inevitably, in the community, when we're together, this is the life. If we could really see, we'd come in and be like, good morning, Casey. And he'd say, good morning. And we each have these huge logs in our eye, right? That's what would happen. This is what Jesus is saying. Guys, come on. You want to hold them to a different standard than you? You don't see this when you're looking at the speck the imperfection in your brother. When you're poking them, right, and elbowing them and kicking them when you're in line, you don't realize how much junk you're dealing with. I mean, it's as compared to their splinter, it's a log. So let me flip this on you. If we're going to do unity, if we're going to do fellowship and really be believers in Christ, this is coming. As a matter of fact, it's already here. And if there is any takeaway, you should think this. If I start to notice a speck in anyone's eye, that should be like a five, five uh, decibel alarm, right? Like five level alarm. Whoa, wait a second, Will. Check the log. Check the log. And that's got to be a spirit-led thing. The unity of spirit is that. You know, it's like, I mean, let's, let's give some examples, right? One of the huge things in, in the scripture that's listed out is, is sexual sin, because we do it with our body, right? The temple of God. So in our culture, we have all sorts of flavors of sexual sin. And yours, you're pretty comfortable with, excusing. Everyone else's, it couldn't be worse. Burn them down. Right? Oh, they're so proud. I'm so glad that I'm not 
as proud as they are, Emily. Well, Jesus is so lazy. If they'd exercise, they would lose some weight as you rub your belly, right? This is the way that it's operating. And if we want the kingdom of God to grow, if we want our churches to be more effective, if we want to draw more people to Christ, it isn't knocking their door with bookmarks. It's being one and other people wanting to be one. And so I think when we look at this, this is what happens. So why don't everyone stand on up again? If we can get real practical, go ahead and gather up in the circle again. Here's some instruction from, from, uh, from Paul to the letter of the Romans, as most people think. So Romans 12, if you're writing this down, Romans 12, 17 through 21 is this slide. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peacefully with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So check it out. We're all hanging out, right? Everyone's got their logs in their eye, and they see the split. Yeah, creepy. Right? There's logs in their eye. Oh, it's cool. Yeah, we all got, oh, nice log, bro. And then you just say, what ends up happening? First of all, when we're in community, here's what happens. I like to think of it this way. So everyone, uh, hold whatever hand you're using to hold the... Uh, um, Balloon is the word I'm looking for. Hold it up in the air, okay? Now, everyone, now, if you're not, with the other hand, hold this out. Hold your hand out like that, okay? So if you notice, something that's happening here is, is there's still life. And unfortunately, I think we come into a church environment, and it's like you, they want to pretend that you're going to be just like, it's just me and you, God. It's just me and you, God. But the reality, if you did that, then it would be like 12.30, you'd all just be sitting here. It'd be one, you'd still be sitting here like, we're just waiting for you, Will, to tell us what to do with God right now. Your kids would get really nervous, like your dog would start peeing in the house. Your parents, after a couple days, would start calling, wondering how come you haven't called. Like, Jesus said, I'm not taking, you guys see the arm workout we're giving them, so notice that when they get done. Um, so what's going to happen is they're going to have stuff to do. So as they're trying to abide in Christ, they're going to live life. It's messy. It's nasty. As a matter of fact, Paul says things like, oh, man, I keep trying to do the things I know I should do, but I can't. I keep doing the things I hate. There's other scripture out there that says, uh, says like, um, you know, seek first the kingdom of God. All these other things will be added to you. There's other things that you're going to have to deal with. There's See, look at them. You guys are doing good, good and strong. Um, then there's other things like, like it's, just, it's just like as you go and as you're working in the fields and you see this, there's still life. And so whatever it is that you're doing here with your other hand, the life that you're living is inevitably some things are going to happen. Guess what? Sin, offense, Deceit. struggle. All this is going to happen and the people in community with you are going to see it more than anyone else. And they're going to see that's wrong. What Brandy's doing over there is wrong. Uh -oh. 
What Connor is doing is wrong. Okay, you can drop your hands down now. You can rest, rest. So when you see evil, when you see wrong, the self-righteous part of us, right, because the, because the log in our own eye, we want to make ourselves feel better. So we tear them down. We tear them down. But that's not what Jesus said. That's not what he told Paul, what Paul told the believers. It's like, listen, evil's going to happen, and you're going to see it. You're going to see evil. You're going to see wrong. But in the context of this, what you should be doing is spurring your brother and sister on to be abiding and reaching out to God, but not tearing them down, not repaying their evil with evil, not, not coming against their evil, because otherwise you're going to be judged the same way, instead loving one another. And if it's really gross and evil... If it's really, really gross, because you see this. I come in the name of God, and what they're doing is not the name of God. Paul said, guess who's going to get vengeance? God. But, well, no. Where did you read that this life was supposed to be just and right in your own power? It doesn't say it. That abiding in Christ is saying, oh, man, in the community. Now, there's times we're going to confront one of them. That's what we're going to talk about next week. But, but think about this. Just consider that as you're walking out, you keep that kind of picture. And hopefully it'll help kind of illustrate that. I'm going to let you guys sit down. Can I borrow this balloon? I'll give it back to you when you're done. You, you can. I'll give it back to you in just a minute. Thank you. Give them, give them the full hand now. Okay. Those are your parting gifts, souvenirs. Thanks for playing. So now that I've bombarded you with a lot of information, let's kind of bring this back home. Um, I'm excited because God has made you unique. He's made me unique, right? And we have, we have different gifts. You could say glories because God is in us, and so parts of him shine out of us. So every, any given day, you can see people um, being like, like their father, right? And when we come together on Sunday, it's kind of fun because um, all the musicians up here and the people that are singing, God has given them a gift, right? And they've, they've fostered that by by practicing, by getting training, by being courageous and brave to do it. And so when they get up here, it's like glory to God to say, wow, what a bunch of unique people up there. But they're all here for a common purpose. They're creating an atmosphere where we can join them in praising God. And it's no different from the people in the back doing the technology things or, or you know, like Reggie and Jane here, man, they love people. Or, the way that they love people and connect with them, it's a gift. It's the glory of God. And what Gary and Rick do on their Sunday morning study, it's a gift of God. And so we're all these unique people, and thank God that we're unique because it'd be so boring if not, Brandon. But understand, when you're invited into this, you know, uh, collage of uniqueness, it's messy. That's okay. That's Okay. And what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to be divided. You're going to be separated. You're going to want to, like, this is what I portray to people, and this is who I really am. And, and the Holy Spirit, that's his work. 
he's going to tear down that wall until you become, you know, not red or blue, but the purple you really are. Does that make sense? But this should happen um, with each other. With each other. And so when we're, when we're all coming together in this place and we see God, we see who he is and we, we see his goodness and we call out to him, um, at first it really is, guys, it really is like focusing, you know. It does really feel like everything. And God is everything. I don't mean to, to please understand, but I'm just trying to be real with you. But things will start hollering for you. Um, somebody will die, somebody will get sick, or you'll have responsibility. You do have to go to work, part of the curse, right? Um, and so you're going to have to try to do this thing where you keep your eyes on Jesus, but you're, you're getting filled from him and the Holy Spirit, but you're also doing these things in the world. And something bad didn't happen. This is what Jesus said was going to happen. They're going to be in the world, but Father, keep them connected with you, one with us as I'm one with you. And keep them from the evil one while they do the things that they're doing. Does that make sense? But when we do these things that we're doing, we don't want to isolate. We do come together. And our unity, even though we're different and unique, is God. And so even when we get together after this, I would challenge you if you're going to stay and have pizza with us, even though you're having pizza, uh, we're worshiping God. Okay? That's why we're there. We're worshiping God. And while we're worshiping God, let's have some pizza. Seems subtle, but it's all the difference in the world. And from that unity bursts fellowship. But then once we do that, we're going to see the specks in each other's eyes. You're going to see it. You're going to see it in me, and I'm going to see it in you. And when you do, if you were listening earlier, what should you do? What should you do when you see the speck in your brother's eye? What's that? Take the log out, right? What's interesting about that, there is a way you can help your brother or your sister, but that's only after you deal with the log. And I'm asking God to show me more about that. Maybe I'll have more next week, but here's what I know. Let's just say you had a problem or an addiction, but you walked out of that problem or addiction. Couldn't you help somebody else with that same problem or addiction? I think that's an example right? But instead of judging others, do the work in your life, and then there's this word testimony, which we've made really religious. But all it, all it is, is this what happened to me. This is what God did for me. So when we work on these logs, the minute you see a speck, you should be like, whoa, Will, check your log. Right? Right? Sounds inappropriate. It's very, very appropriate. Your mind's in the gutter. I brought it. I know. Yeah. See, there my log in my eye. So when we, when we do that, it should be like, well, not like, oh, did you see what he did or she did or I can't believe it? It should be like, wow, Will, you got, you got something to deal with. And then the Holy Spirit, the unity of the Spirit is, is the Holy Spirit does the work. And you love them. You Love your brother. And even if they come against you, you love your enemy. And you know that God will get vengeance and all you're going to do is get in the way. So here's how I want to end this time sharing with you. Um, 
We've got communion set up in the back. And, and you guys know what communion's for? We do it to remember. We do it to remember what Jesus did for us. And it's his body, which was broken for us, and his blood, which was spilled for us. And, and it paid for our sins and cleansed us from all unrighteousness. And that, and that is this. This is one of those moments where it's like, oh, yeah, right? Thank you, God. But what Paul and some of the other people that came before us said is when, before you go to that table to do that, it's a wonderful time to examine yourself. It's the only appropriate reaction. And so I'd like to invite the, the praise team to come on back up. And I think if every one of you, take a few minutes. Don't, don't just get up out of compulsion. To tell you the truth, don't go take the communion if it, God doesn't want you to today. If every time you take, every time it's there, you just take it because it's compulsion, that's not worship. Instead, here's what I challenge you to take a few moments. They'll, they'll start playing and some moments of reflection, even if you don't have a balloon. Just, just put your eyes on Jesus. Just stop. Put your eyes on Jesus. Come before him. Thank him for what he did. And then ask him if... Uh, Maybe there's a little log work he wants to do today. Maybe as a matter of fact, you've never, ever done this before, and, and you, would, you would love somebody to pray with you. Uh, there's, if you look in the back here, Josh and Laura back there, I would be happy to pray with you as well. But I think it's time for a little log work, and once, you, once you've at least acknowledged that log and asked for some help with it, then it's the appropriate time you can go to the table and and do this in remembrance of him, okay? So let me pray to get us started. Is this for her? There you go. Is that right? Okay. Well, Lord Jesus, we just, uh, we just pause and we stop. Lord, we acknowledge that we, uh, we're unique, we're weird, we are. And this life is not easy, it's not simple, it's not, it's not straightforward. And so Lord, I, I echo what you said and I just ask Heavenly Father, all the men and the women that you've brought to me today to share with, um, to speak with, I ask that you would draw them in your spirit close to you, that you would make them one with you as, as Jesus is one with you, Father, that you would make me one with you and Jesus as you two are one, and that all the men and women here who you've brought here, that you would draw us near to you. Lord, I pray that you would reveal uh, where you're working in our lives, Lord, these logs that we're working on, that you, we would take some real time to examine some real time to confess, some real time to ask for help to turn away from these things that enslave us. We trust that you can do the work, Jesus. We know that you have the power and the ability, and so we ask you to do this this day. 
Lord, and I pray that then we could, then and only then, if you want us to, we could come to your table and remember what you did by sacrificing your body and spilling your blood, that my sins and all of our sins could be forgiven. We praise you, Jesus, in your name and in your power. Amen.